Hello, everyone. Welcome to Random Encounter 270 or 270. My name is John O'Logan, and believe it or not, we are starting to move into not E3. Uh, yes, this is the the period for the the period of time where formerly we would be getting excited over the E3 conference, and over the last few years, E3 has faded into the background and then died a horrible death and it was resurrected and then it died again. Um, but it doesn't matter. This is the traditional time of year when gaming companies make lots and lots of announcements and the big shows like the uh, Summer Game Fest, all that will be featured on our next episode of Random Encounter. But the first shots of Not E3 have been fired uh, with two showcases that were on, I think, Wednesday and Thursday. And they were the uh, PlayStation Showcase 2023 and the Marvelous Game Showcase 2023. Uh, so yeah, we thought we would uh, do a quick news episode rather than wait on this because there was a fair bit of news here. Um, but first, let's let's meet our panel. So our, we're having we have a first timer here today. So uh, from the news team, Alvin. Hello. Yes, and uh, we have two returning champions today uh, joining us from our. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom episode, we have Des. Hello. And we have Izzy. Hey. Uh, if you'll excuse me going off for a second, how is everyone doing with uh, Tears of the Kingdom? And uh, Izzy, do you how, how is your Switch problem? So I've learned that if I play with my Switch undocked, it lasts longer before mm -hmm. it decides to overheat and die. Uh, so I've basically just been playing like in a half hour to 45 minute bursts undocked, which is not enough but at least it lets me play yeah and i mean that's it, it's it's kind of forcing you to play in healthy doses actually <laughs> rather than what i've been doing which i don't think anyone could ever describe as healthy understandable with this game yeah Des, how about you uh so i'm at exactly the same amount of temples as i was last week last two weeks but mm -hmm. i did learn something great is that all of the shrines mm -hmm. correspond to the light roots in the depths oh and once that clicked it kind of blew my mind. And then someone else told me that the depths map is the Hyrule map flipped. So I'm just over here, like making one of those, you know, like uh, private investigator charts, just trying to put all these like random bits of info together. Just like, what? So uh, it's all connected. Say, yeah, it's all connected. Uh, needless to say, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm thinking more about it than I'm playing it, but I will rectify that over the long weekend. Uh, Alvin, have you been playing it at all? Um, I actually unintentionally bought it because I had a pre order. That I forgot about. I wasn't <laughs> intending on getting it right away, <laughs> but I have it. But I'm not going to touch it yet. I have so much to play. That Your I, backlog is uh, yes. extensive. Um, I just started at Lie Riza finally, so I'm oh. going to play that first, <laughs> at least. Mm -hmm. um, I have been diligently working my way through. I decided that rather than... Um, play the game by just randomly going in a direction and be distracted by things and heading towards them, I decided to uh, actually play the main quest and go to the various regions and then be distracted by things and heading towards them. So it, it's a subtle difference, but it is it does mean that I'm getting a little bit more progress than I was before. Um, but holy crap, I love this game. I'm just having such a good time with it. It's, it's so good. And it's so big. There's so much to do. It's crazy. Um, it's really consumed my life the last two weeks and it will probably consume my life for at least another week, week and a half. Um, I'm really, really enjoying it. So yeah. Um, hopefully I will be done by the time of not E3 going into full swing because there's going to be a lot to do uh, a lot to cover on the site, a lot of news coming out. So 
why don't we start digging into this? So we're going to start with the PlayStation Showcase. Uh, so this was the May Showcase, and the mixed reviews online, I would say. Uh, a lot of people were very excited by some of the games that were announced uh, and some of the games that were featured. Uh, others were quite disappointed by uh, the lack of a lot of first-party games. Um, there are rumors that Sony decided to hold back uh, on first-party games and for a presentation later in the year. Uh, I don't know if that's true. But uh, that being said, there are some games here that are massive, uh, massive uh, games that we're going to be covering and some big surprises, too, that I was pretty excited about. So we're not going to be covering everything in this showcase because a lot got announced and also a lot has nothing to do with us. Um, so we're just going to dive in. The first game I think that actually had something I guess that we, we actually have something to do with is uh, Phantom Blade Zero. Uh, which is a hack and slash RPG. It looks to be set like in, I, I guess, uh, a, a stylized version of, I think, China. It's it's very there's there's a lot of like there's steampunky type aesthetics, uh, super fast paced combat. It's very bleak looking. Uh, it looks really really cool. I when I saw it, I was like, okay, this is a game I think I could probably get into playing. I believe the studio behind it is from Hong Kong, so probably China. Um, mm. Yeah, I think the aesthetics for this look really cool. So that's what immediately draws me to it. Nothing else in the trailer was like, I need this, but the just like how everything looks, A+. Yeah, because, I mean, the first four games were Fair Games, Helldivers 2, Immortals of uh, Avun, and Ghost Runner 2. I guess an argument could be made that Immortals is sort of in our coverage, at least thematically, but it's certainly not gameplay-wise. It looks like a It looks like a fantasy first person shooter so yeah this is the first game that actually makes me go okay yeah we'll cover this yeah this is the the one that made me like sit up and actually start paying attention because i was watching the showcase at work and i was i was like eh, fair games and eh, the call of duty but magic game but this one like i started looking at it and i was trying to remember if it was like there's there's a number of like chinese and like um from taiwan and hong kong as well like uh studios that are putting out these crazy looking games like um lost soul aside and mm -hmm. uh I think it's called Where the Wind Whispers or something like that. But um, for a moment, I thought this was it until I saw them start going into that really flashy, like action RPG, like uh, Wuja combat. So, like, mm. this one really got me excited, with, especially with all the set pieces, like when they're riding on the horses. And it kind of had, like, if you've ever played the Dynasty Warrior games and you watch their intros where they're, like, surfing down waterfalls on horses and, like, you know, hitting 50 dudes with one stick. Like, mm -hmm. It really kind of captured that over-the-top energy and like really exciting to me. And it is my consolation prize because for this showcase, I wanted a Stellar Blade date, but of course I don't get that. Mm. So this is close enough and it looks really cool. The mention of the Warriors cutscene or like opening cutscenes, totally. I That is totally a good point. And I watched those cutscenes probably even almost as much as I played the games and I love Warriors games. So... <laughs> I'm reminded of something. I don't remember when this was. I've done so many episodes of Random Encounter. I cannot remember when I said this. We were talking something about, I think it was something about Chinese RPGs and Chinese video games and that there was like a, there was a, a argument against them of some kind. And at the time I was like, well, that's a stupid argument. You better f get used to it because it's a massive market that is, that loves video games and that are going to start producing world-class games. Uh, and it looks like it's starting to uh, break through in the mainstream. And it's like, this is a, the way this game looks is stunning. It's gorgeous. It's, uh, I was very impressed by it. I think that it's going to be, hopefully it will be a fun experience. 
I'm wondering if this is part of the China Hero project that um, Sony typically has going on, where they kind of highlight smaller developers. Like that's how um, Lost Soul Aside popped up. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely curious if it's got like any support from Sony or if it's just all, from what it seems like a very small team. Um, mm. But yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of like Chinese um, games like hitting the market, hitting consoles, and kind of kind of stepping out and getting that world. Um, you know, that kind of world premiere touch, which is really nice to see. So anyway, yeah, this will be we'll be covering this. Uh, Alvin, any thoughts? I don't have too many thoughts about this game, but I do like that more Chinese games are coming out in the market. So it's good to see more than just Japanese games, you know. So yeah, I agree. It's nice to see uh, different perspectives of different kinds of games. It's the more people that are making games, the better. Um, okay, so moving on, we have Neva, which is. Uh, I would argue it, it's like, I think Caitlin described it. It's Gris, by the way, of Princess Mononoke. Um, so it's by the developers of Gris, which was a absolutely gorgeous, uh, minimalistic kind of side-scroller type game. Uh, and in this particular trailer, it's a, a bird dies and then starts, fungus starts growing on the bird. And you there's this woman and she has a giant fr- dog friend and obviously like a puppy uh, with horns and uh there's a big battle with darkness some kind of corruption and uh yeah the the dog friend big dog friend dies and they're left with little little dog friend and uh and woman um it was it was i thought it was a pretty effective trailer so yeah it really does look like well gris by way of princess mononoke like the whole nature corruption sort of thing um and i haven't played gris i own it i've it's on my backlog but so many things are on my backlog um and I really liked the look of this trailer. It was just, it was a very gorgeous, it was a gorgeous uh, trailer. Yeah, it's very pretty. Um, I haven't actually fully watched the trailer yet, but looking at screens, I'm like, this looks really pretty. It does remind me of Gris, which I also haven't played either because of my backlog. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that's, it looks really nice. I mean, any trailer that, it ends with the death of a dog. That's a tearjerker right there. <laughs> Like when I was watching the trailer, there were a couple of things where everyone I know, uh, or at least everyone that I talk to about games and stuff, has Gris in their library but hasn't played it. But I do know one person who didn't really care too much for it based on how simplistic it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that, um, and I don't think we saw very much actual gameplay of this, uh, but I'm I'm hoping it's a little more involved because like there's definitely room for these extremely pretty games, but I'd like them to be like a little more game and less kind of like art piece if if that makes any Mm. sense but it definitely has its place but i want to see more it's definitely interesting and in that trailer i hope i'm not the only one but that the larger dog with the horns Mm -hmm. i immediately thought uh vicar amelia from bloodborne same no she's dead again (laughs) yeah i you you do know someone else who's played greedy because i've played it does but (laughs) that's how you say it uh, I mean, that's how you say it in French. I'm uh-huh. sure it's said differently in other languages, so that's how I say it. But um, uh, but yeah, so I actually liked Gris. Gris. But uh, yes, that's probably closer. But uh, I actually liked it. Um, Gris. But I do think <laughs> it, was, uh, it was very simplistic, but it was gorgeous and it wasn't very long. So it was just like a nice um, short game to like melt into the art style i hope this one has a bit more meat to it though and it looks like it might even though that was not obviously not a gameplay trailer Mm. and it's just as beautiful so i'll be i'll be keeping an eye on it at least 
yeah, it was an experiential sort of uh, game. I, like it's one of those games that is it, it's more the you're in for the experience rather than the gameplay or the moment to moment game moment to moment gameplay. Right. Which I really like, to be completely honest. I, I'm a I'm a massive fan of walking simulators where literally nothing happens. So uh, I, it's again, it's on my backlog. It's on everyone's backlog, like you said, Des. But it will happen eventually. Um, <laughs> okay, going from uh, sadness with dogs to joy with cats, uh, we have Cat Quest: Pirates of the Caribbean, um, <laughs> which is just funniest. Funny as heck. Um, so Cat Quest, there's Cat, Cat, Cat Quest, Cat Quest 2. And these games are, they're RPGs um, in the sense they're, they're very mobile inspired. Like they very much, the kind of games you very, you could easily play on your phone. And they've actually gotten some popularity on consoles um, because they're, you know, they're, I, I had the first one on my phone for a while and I played a little bit of it and I enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, and they've been, I don't think we need to say too much about Cat Quest, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad that this is a series that's continuing because it's not just it's they're not just fun games, but also they are very kid friendly as well. And I like the I I like kid friendly games. I like games that are complex enough that they provide some kind of substance, but at the same time, are, you know, there's not a whole lot of controversy there, so anyone at any age can pick it up. I mean, I I own both one and two on multiple platforms, and have neither never never played either of them. So, but this looks fun it's cute yeah i think i have multiple copies of it from the uh humble bundle um <laughs> so i yeah, think this I've is given a humble out, bundle classic i think i've given out more copies of it than i've uh actually played but uh it does look really cute the trailer was uh really endearing and just kind of wholesome so uh it was kind of refreshing to see something so like yeah whatever we're just going to be cats and you know it, it does have the best subtitle of all of these so uh i'm going to award it that yeah, that's the only way that Final Fantasy 16 could be better if it was Final Fantasy 16 Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I actually played Cat Quest 1 and got the platinum. So nice. <laughs> it, it it's actually really cute. Uh really yeah. simple, really um like short and sweet really. Um I really enjoyed it to be honest. I I planned on playing too. That one has dogs, which is exciting <laughs> because I like dogs, but um yeah, it's. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one as well. Uh, the pirate theme is always a winner. Yeah, I think so too. And I mean, like I said, I, I played it as well, and it's it's fun. It's not like the deepest RPG I've ever played, but as for something you can play on your phone or your iPad or it, heck on your PC just to kill some time and have some fun. It, I think it's. I think it's a pretty cool game, and you know, fun art style, nice simplistic, you know, cartoony art style. I, I I'm. It was when I saw it, I was like, ah, oh, Cat Quest, yay. <laughs> I think since Alvin mentioned dogs, we now all have to declare whether we are cat or dog people. I think that's the unwritten rule. Oh, okay. Uh, Alvin, what are you? Dog person more than a cat person. I, I've always had dogs in my family, but I've never had a cat, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Des? Uh, my lawyer slash cat who is sitting on my arm has advised me to declare my loyalty to felines. Okay. Is he? I, I am a cat person. Uh, I am allergic to both cats and dogs, but uh, Amanda is a massive cat person, has had cats her entire life, loves cats, arguably more than she loves me. Um, so I'm kind of a cat person by proxy, I guess. I look up a lot of cats on the internet to show her because I feel guilty that she can't have one. So I just, I, I show her various internet cats to make up for it. I'm the only one. <laughs> yeah. You're outnumbered. You're outnumbered by cats. 
that's a terrifying thought. Um, okay, well, continuing onwards, here's a game that I don't know if we're going to cover or not. This has been something that Mike and I have been going back and forth on for literally months. Every time we see it, we're like, I really like the look of this game, but we just don't know. And that's the Plucky Squire. So this is a, I think it's a Zelda-like sort of. It, it At first, it takes place in like a storybook, like a medieval storybook, hand-drawn uh, kind of aesthetic. And then you can leap off of the page and enter into a 3D world uh, of the real world uh, as your like little hero guy. Um, and yeah, it, it's it looks like there's a s- several different gameplay modes, like not just side scrolling and not just, uh, you know, Legend of Zelda style uh, map based navigation, but also 3D, 3D navigation. It, there's a lot of gameplay here, and I don't know whether or not we're going to cover it, but I do like the look of it. I think it looks really cute, and I swore it already came out, but I guess not. Um, there was there must have been a trailer for it a couple of years ago at one of these. I think there uh, was, yeah, events. But um, I really like the the like link between worlds um, thing where you like uh, basically turn into a picture on the wall mm-hmm. and jump off. Um, I mean, based on what I've seen so far from the like battles and you know just the overall presentation, I think it would be a perfect fit for a RPG fan. I think you're probably right. We'll probably end up covering it. And I think it like matches with, I think most of our pe- readers are probably people who would potentially be interested in it too. So, you know. Yeah. You hear that, Mike? You're being outvoted. <laughs> <laughs> I always like the idea of um, like changing your character with the environment, like because mm-hmm. the character turns into a drawing and then it turns 3D and then that that's always kind of fun. Kind of like what Paper Mario did. Yeah, exactly. Um, incidentally, Mike, yes, I know that we are not voting against it. So uh, <laughs> if you are listening to this, you, I, I understand. Um, well, moving on to something a little bit more, uh, I guess we were talking about Tears of the Kingdom earlier. Uh, Towers of Ashaba, Asaba, Egsaba, Aghaspa, Aghaspa. <laughs> Towers of Aghaspa um, is a, I guess some people have been describing it as a breath of the wild like i don't think it i mean some of the aesthetic a little bit i think it looks a little bit more like well the gameplay of horizon to be honest um not the aesthetic certainly but like the gameplay style looks a little bit more horizon than tears of the kingdom and breath of the wild to me uh i think that when anyone looks at a game now and somebody has a hand glider they're like yeah yeah i recognize that gameplay (laughs) uh looking when i was watching the trailer like, you know how you'll watch something and you'll be like, oh, we have Zelda at home. Yeah, uh, yep, that was my first thought. <laughs> that, so it, it seems like we have Zelda at home, we have Horizon at home, we have Elden Ring at home, and we mm-hmm. have Xenoblade at home. It was really interesting. And also, like the trailer I'm watching now has like bow gameplay that seems kind of like uh, Tomb Raider. So it, mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of like really big ideas crammed together to create this like massive world. And like once you kind of get past uh, at least from the trailers once you kind of get past love like everything that it looks like um it's just kind of really impressive how it brings those like uh you know shadow of the colossus and like xenoblade titans uh, mm-hmm. kind of to life so it's it's definitely impressive i i'm not a fan of the name simply because it's hard to spell and i don't know how to say it Agaspa. i think we Agaspa. decided didn't we Agaspa. it's like a gasp huh? <laughs> that's how i'm gonna say it yeah a gasp um but uh well 
let's let's move on from a, to a game where everybody knows how to pronounce this game even if they don't understand roman numerals they understand how to pronounce this <laughs> game and that is final fantasy 16 so we have been getting more and more uh information and trailers and gameplay of 16 for a while now uh there was a massive uh preview a couple of uh days ago uh for the site if you want i'll, I'll put a link in the show notes of um Scott did a pretty big preview of this game. Um, And I think that it's fair to say that there's a lot of people who are very, very excited about 16 coming out in about a month. Yes. Also, that was probably my favorite trailer that they've had for the game. So Mm -hmm. I only watched part of the trailer because I was trying to look away (laughs) because I didn't want too much spoiler. But I also am kind of on a blackout. No spoiler list. I'm going to give you all my theories now based on watching every trailer. And <laughs> <laughs> that's another podcast. Um, yeah, I, I'm i going to be 100% honest and say that while I am super interested in this, I'm not dying to play Final Fantasy 16. I haven't played Final Fantasy, numbered Final Fantasies in many years. Um, I should um and obviously they're all standalones and i suspect this is going to be an incredible game and incredible experience it certainly looks stunning um it's not my most anticipated game this year it's the kind of thing that i'm very curious about people and their opinions on it though i can't wait to i can't wait to hear what everyone thinks of it did you play any of 14 oh no i'm i'm not an idiot (laughs) (laughs) you like money and time um I'm already, I have enough of a problem with Tears of the Kingdom for the last, Tears of the Kingdom has like absorbed two solid weeks of my life and that's been a problem. I don't want to think about what 14 would do to my life. (laughs) I've been playing 14 (laughs) since like uh, day one. And so one really exciting thing about- Day one or day one relaunch? uh, Day one relaunch actually. So I'm not that crazy, but I'm still crazy. Um, (laughs) But with this, it's it's really exciting as like a 14 fantasy, like um, Yoshi P and the, the creative business unit three, um, how they're kind of tackling a big standalone Final Fantasy. And mm. I know some people are kind of uh, a little let down that it's not, you know, like the, the standard, you know, turn based or ATB um, Final Fantasy. But like every time I see it, it's exciting because I love the like... Uh, over the top like just absurd action and so getting the dragon's dogma and uh dmc uh combat designer on there Mm -hmm. is like it's like a kind of like a dream come true almost um so i'm really excited about it and it's one of my most anticipated games but i'm trying to keep my expectations tempered so like when i saw that trailer which was very exciting I'm like slowly covering my face and looking at my work computer and just be like, oh, it looks nice in the corner. Yeah, I mean, even as someone who's watching everything, I'm still trying to keep my expectations tempered because I also love Final Fantasy XIV. But a lot of what I love about that, I don't know is going to translate to this game or not. So uh, I guess we'll we'll see. But I, I can't see it being a bad game. It's more a matter of, is this what I want from Final Fantasy? Mm-hmm. So listen to Izzy saying that they love Final Fantasy XIV and how long it took me to get them to start playing Final Fantasy XIV. Well, okay, okay. To be fair, I did play at relaunch for a while with some friends. They just all faded off, so I faded off, and then you finally got me to go back to it. And then I powered through everything and loved it. And <laughs> <laughs> Just when you thought you were out, I pull you back in. Yeah. 
So I'll drag in Alvin and Jono next. Let me take a note for that. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Look, I've, br- I've been toasting this podcast for a while, and I've managed to resist playing Final Fantasy XIV. That will continue indefinitely into the future, because I know for a fact that if I play this stupid game, I'm dead. I'm toast. That's it. I'm done. Des is really good at getting people to play games. I'm warning you. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, 14. Or, uh, sorry, 16. Uh. <laughs> 14 looks good too. 16 looks like a gorgeous a gorgeous title on a next-gen console that hopefully will lead the way into Final Fantasy future. I'm not one of the people who is very precious about the turn-based battle systems. Um, I love turn-based battles. I, I Obviously, I grew up on those Final Fantasy games, but I think that time has passed for the mainline series. Um, I, I like how they've been doing like kind of a hybrid model for... Uh, like for the seven remake, for example. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not surprised that they dropped the turn-based mechanics out of this game. Um, and to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if there are, there's, even though we've had previews and things like that, I would not be surprised if there are some more touches in this game than we think uh, that will bring us back to like the heart of Final Fantasy. I might be wrong, but this looks like a pretty big celebration of the series while also pushing it forward. Yeah. And um, I mean, with the turn-based thing is I think now where like rpgs are at i think there are a lot of devs who do the turn-based thing better than i think final fantasy would i think like Mm. the the perfect final fantasy turn-based for me was uh 10 Mm -hmm. and i don't think anything before it was particularly amazing in terms of what they did with what they had but um it wouldn't be an episode that i'm on without saying that like the atelier gusta devs uh have kind of like mastered the art of turn-based combat and so i definitely want to see like what final fantasy can do with like almost full action mm-hmm. i mean from like final fantasy 7 remake you say is a hybrid but to me it's really just atb repackaged in a like more interesting way that can grab the modern audience but it's still like fully an atb game you're switching between party members doing different actions all the time building up an atb gauge to do your actual actions that actually affect combat mm-hmm. um you're not like dodging every attack or anything you're taking hits and your hp you have to like manage your hp and your resources just like a turn-based game so mm-hmm. i think to me final fantasy 7 remake is the evolution of that and i'm okay if the main series does something else yeah it does kind of feel like atb with like very minimal downtime my bottom line is if you want to play a modern final fantasy with a turn-based combat uh, just play bravely default that's what bravely default is it's a spiritual successor to final fantasies one through six yeah basically um i don't have any qualms about no turn-based either but um i am also tempering my expectations with 16 quite a bit to be honest i'm not excited at all (laughs) it's so interesting that people I don't think anyone ta- let, let's just take the the current hotness which is tears of the kingdom bizarrely i don't think anyone was tampering down on their enthusiasm or like no one was like biting their nails or thinking please be good please be good please be good about tears of the kingdom i think everyone was just like this is gonna be awesome and then it was and that's great where it seems like a lot of people are kind of like tiptoeing through the graveyard at midnight about final fantasy 16 just saying god i hope it's good god i hope it's good it's fascinating though that two different mentalities for these two games. I think that's because of Final Fantasy 15 and how that one mm-hmm. kind of limped out the door after like 10 years and like we had so many huge promises and expectations and then 
it kind of failed to deliver on a lot of them. I still enjoyed a lot about it, but it is like an extremely different game from when yeah. I played it at launch versus if you put it in your system right now, like completely different game. Mm. Um, one seems like a prototype of the other. And so, <laughs> and also just with how big of a name Final Fantasy is, like like with Tears of the Kingdom, like we knew Breath of the Wild was good as as much as I liked to argue otherwise. But um, yes, man of no joy. <laughs> yes, the <laughs> gloomness. Um, but like with 16, is it's, it's a lot of like hope and expectation and just you know there's been a history of like bad ff games and mm. especially big ones like i love 13 but i know it was a letdown to a lot of people i know people who love 12 but it was a letdown to a lot of people so it's like every one has like its lovers and its haters but except me yeah uh <laughs> 15 I mean, it seemed a little more than the like 50 50 that you kind of get I would argue that every game after 10 had its lovers and haters. I don't think there's a whole lot of haters for Final Fantasy VI out there. Hi, I'm Des. <laughs> My God, you are you are I, the like gloomiest said, person ever. You're just full of gloom. Hipster blood. I've got Starbucks in one hand and like an essay about why your favorite thing isn't that good in the other. Oh, God. You're... I actually didn't like Final Fantasy VI that much until I replayed it with the Pixel Remasters. What either. is happening? <laughs> I just felt like Super Nintendo had a lot of games that were a lot better than Final Fantasy VI, and people held it up as being the best Super Nintendo game. So I didn't actually get around to fully playing it until like into the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 eras, mm -hmm. and was just surprised that it wasn't better than all the games I had already played. Okay, so I take that back. It turns out that there are some lovers and haters of Final Fantasy VI. I still love it. I, I replayed it. It's great. I, I won't say anything. <laughs> it I, is on my schedule for a replay, so pending. Yeah, you need to replay Final Fantasy IX, too, because you also <laughs> don't like that. So just to defend myself, I really love 7, 8, 5, I went out of order, 10, and 13, <laughs> and 2. So I like the weird ones. You know, I was making a joke at the beginning of the last episode about Des being a man without joy in his heart. <laughs> I was joking, and now it's like, oh my god. I mean, I was I am, hitting right close to the truth there, wasn't I? I am one of the few people who really like Final Fantasy II, but I'm not a huge Saga fan. Okay, well, you win points there from me, but yeah, <laughs> uh, you know how to sweet talk me, Des. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's, let's hate on Saga. It's like, okay, sweet. you're out of the doghouse <laughs> <laughs> and onto the couch. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's move on from 16 because 16 is going to be coming out in a little under a month, and I have an odd feeling we're going to be talking about it a fair bit on this podcast. Um, there are a few games left in this presentation that are still in our coverage. So uh, Reverend Hill came up, and immediately everyone in the chat was losing their crap, saying uh, Night in the Woods, Night in the Woods, Night in the Woods. And it's not Night in the Woods. It is a from the same company with a very similar art style. Um, Night in the Woods is not a game that I have actually played. Again, backlog. But I hear that it's there's quite a few things about depression in it, and I didn't want to deal with that right now. And by right now, I mean the last few years since COVID. So <laughs> yeah, I love Night in the Woods. It's a heavy game in a lot of ways. Uh, it was a nice. It was uh, how I connected with one of my cohort in grad school when I couldn't figure out how to connect with anyone in grad school because everyone is too busy doing their own research. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So kudos to that, that game for that. But it, it was just, it's a, it's a very lovely game. So I'm very excited for this one. Um, and I get to be like a cat cat instead of a cat person. So it's even better. Huh. Yeah. It's um 
So I didn't play it, but I watched a playthrough of it from um, the old, you know, Super Best Friends, Two Best Friends play channel. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad this isn't a sequel because the game had no voice acting, but Mm. the people doing the playthrough or the let's play, like their voices became the de facto canon voices in my head. Ah, yes. So I'm extremely, I'm extremely glad that May is not in here because (laughs) if May is not wooly, then I don't want it. It's like May is wooly to me. Uh, so, um, I I am hoping there's like a secret re- reveal where um, Wooly from Castle Super Beast is like, oh yeah, I voice this character. There, right. There's a lot of old RPGs where Kyle Bossman is now the voice of the characters for me, so I understand. Uh, that's pretty funny. Um, well, moving on from this is into a game that has kind of become RPG fan infamous, and I think it's just infamous in general, which is Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. Now. This is a game that has been on our most anticipated games of lists. It's been in our 2020 list. It's been in our 2022 list. It's been on our 2023 list. And seeing as it's theoretically coming out in winter of 2023, I have an odd feeling it's going to be on our most anticipated of 2024 list. Uh, and Des, you are probably going to be writing that blurb. I am already working on it as we speak. <laughs> um, but this game is, oh man, when was it announced? Like 2018, 2017? I think the end of 2017, maybe. <laughs> I could be wrong. Yeah, it's it's been like in development hell twice. So it's kind of like, you know, Dante's Inferno or whatever, like the multiple circles. Um, where, who was it? Creative or CC2 or something like that? The guys who did like the uh, Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm games. Hmm. Weren't they the ones working on it? No, it was Platinum. Platinum. Ah, I was thinking of Final Fantasy VII where CC was taken off of it. Yeah, yeah um, Platinum. Platinum's apparently working on it from it was announced in 2017 oh, at Grand Blue, Fe, Grand Blue Fest 2017. Uh, and it's been worked on since 2016 by Platinum, and then Psy Games took it over after 2019. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, like um I, I really love Platinum Games style, but they do have hits and misses. And I if this is what happened, if like this was shaping up to be one of their misses like Korra or um, I know the Transformers one was good, mm. but if it was shaping up to be like one of their misses, then I'm glad that um, side games, you know, pulled them off and kind of redid what they could and then put their own spin on it because everything that I've seen, especially with these latest trailers has just looked absolutely phenomenal. It does. Um, I, I have some questions still. I want to know how multiplayer works because I'm going to drag as many people as I can <laughs> into uh, these like, you know, multiplayer battles um quests and it it kind of makes me think of how white knight chronicles was way back in the day where mm-hmm. i had all these like grand dreams about hey i'm gonna play this game with my friends and then it was uh white knight chronicles mm-hmm. so <laughs> i'm very excited for this and i'm hoping it's like the beginning of winter and not the end yeah it'd be cool if we didn't have to put it on another list <laughs> i'm somewhat expecting it to be the end of winter <laughs> Um, I am yeah. too. The end of winter 2025. <laughs> oh gosh. I-, I wouldn't be surprised. I just get that persona image where they're like, what was it? Uh, 2015, I think? Yeah, like winter 2013 or something crazy like that. Yeah. it's The game has been anticipated for many years now. And I will say that this game pra- gameplay trailer looks pretty great. Uh, it looks fantastic. So uh, it would be really nice if this thing came out and uh, we got a review on it. Grand Blue is the reason I'm on this pod- podcast. I've been playing the original game for seven, maybe eight years. Wow. Um, and 
my husband Vasaraga is in the trailer. He got announced. <laughs> um, I'm very excited to, that he's in there because he he he's a male drop, and that race often gets ignored, especially the males <laughs> mm-hmm. for the gotcha. Um, but he's like the only one that gets all the attention. He's in Grand Blue Versus. He's in this game. So I'm very excited that he's in it. <laughs> I think it looks pretty great. Great stylized graphics. Uh, looks like a pretty classic RPG-esque story. It, like, it, there's a lot here that I think that fans are going to be, well, massively uh, in favor of playing this game. So yeah, it looks good. It kind of feels like I'm getting an extra Tales games to me. So I'm It does look that. like Tales, doesn't it? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, okay. Uh, then we had Towers, a uh, Tower of Fantasy. I don't have that much to say about this. Um, Skip. Yeah, looks fine. There, <laughs> yeah, there's numbers. Worry. There enemies are bleeding numbers. We'll probably cover it. Um, Dragon's Dogma Two was a big surprise um, from Capcom. I mean, there there were a few surprises from Capcom in this thing. There was also a, a Street Fighter Six story trailer and. I understand that some people are covering Street Fighter Six sort of as, as if it's an RPG. It's not, but <laughs> like I appreciate the fact that they're shoving some more story into it. That's cool. Anyway, Dragon Dogma, Dragon's Dogma Two. I I got to be honest. I I've missed this game many times. I've missed this game. I've not heard about it. And then I was like, Dragon's Dogma. What the heck? And I looked it up. And this game is. I don't understand why they're making a new one. This game is getting gets ravaged every single time one gets released. Uh, it gets terrible reviews. I think the first one was kind of a, um, like it had to grow on people. Like Kyle Miller gave it a 68 oh. uh, for us. Um, and then uh, Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen, Rob Steinman gave it a 60. Oof, they're wrong. Yeah. I know quite a few people who love Dragon's Dogma. They keep asking me to play it, but it's in my forever backlog as usual. Yeah. It's one of my favorite Capcom games of all time. Really? It's- amazing and it feels like berserk in a lot of instances yep i i am incredibly excited for dragon's dogma 2 uh i've played probably north of 100 150 hours of the first one um cat people now i'm excited because my dream for dragon's dogma 2 was that they would just be like hey we have breath of fire why don't we merge the two and then we'd get like an anime art style dragon's dogma 2 with like furries and scalies but uh, instead, we get cat people in Dragon's Dogma 2. Maybe they'll even have other species, and I can make a f- Breath of Fire party again within the game. We'll take That'd be it. be cool with that. I mean, it's kind of exciting that Capcom's actually making a fantasy RPG again. Yeah. Uh, I, to sell people on Dragon's Dogma, the coolest part of it is how unique each class is and the kind of crazy shit you can do with those classes. With a mage you can create a tornado and it is like a full-scale tornado that meanders around the battlefield destroying everything in its path you can call down meteors um if you're a magic archer you can launch like a bazillion arrows if you're a uh, assassin you can jump on your enemies and ride them into the sky and stab them in the throat <laughs> yeah it um every class feels like it plays like it's from a different game like the magic archer you are essentially playing ace combat with all of these lock-on abilities and really yes. cool like <laughs> like lasers and missiles and pew pew all over. Um, the magic knight is like this really weird kind of, 
it's really hard to describe, but essentially you're like laying traps and like luring in enemies and like hitting like electrical elements and stuff towards the enemy. So it's kind of like a, I don't know, almost like a little bit of like baseball with like some tower yeah. defense. You start to feel like when you're really high level, you could spawn like all of these um, orbs and then just hit them with your weapon. And then like hundreds of glowing projectiles are flying at your enemies. Yeah. And um, you can also like, climb on the enemies so like you might have seen footage of someone on a griffin as it's flying through the air so it kind of has some of that like shadow of the colossus vibes but like really small um and it's also just really spooky at night and one of the few games that actually made me kind of scared to step like into the darkness because yeah, i like could pitch black see, yeah i could see like silhouettes of like a dragon like 30 to 40 meters away and i'm like uh if i move it's gonna see me and i'm gonna have to walk all the way back here it's it's like very kind of brutal kind of dark fantasy but it's also really silly and so silly it's it's such an exciting thing to have this one with like what appears to be budget and yes time behind it which to me is very important it it works wonders for a lot of games it sounds like it was a remarkably ambitious game Yes, and then it was full of glitches because of it. Uh, there it is. <laughs> That's that why the budget, anymore, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Maybe it'll uh, be a Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. Nintendo were just glorious, insane people. Where they're like, <laughs> oh, "There's like a few bugs here. Let's delay it for a year and just work out all the bugs." And it's like, could you imagine Bethesda doing that? They'll delay it for like six years and still have all the bugs. Exactly. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, I'm surprised. I mean, I'm not unpleasantly surprised that I, I thought that Dragon's Dogma 2, based on what I've heard, a lot of people were like, meh. But you two are like, yeah. It is extremely exciting. And in a Discord server that we run, it's we call it like Drag Dog. So we're like, Drag Dog, Drag Dog, Drag Dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, is, it is a very exciting thing to have it. Like, it. yes, it exists. It's... If you're a Resident Evil fan, getting that Resident Evil 2 uh, remake announcement, like, yes, we do it. That's mm -hmm. kind of what we got with, during the Capcom showcase uh, last year, I believe. Oh. So, like, actually having this look amazing is really exciting. So it's a lot of hype on my end. Well, for both of your sakes, I really hope it's amazing. Genuinely, I, I really do. I um, hope so, too. Yeah. Um. Well, let's move on now. There are some other games I'd like to talk about in the PlayStation Showcase, but I'd like to get through the rest of the, our coverage before we dive into things that aren't in our coverage. Um, so the Marvelous Games Showcase was uh, the day after the PlayStation Showcase, and it was a weird friggin' sh game showcase, primarily because they kept announcing things that, like, games that didn't exist yet uh, with, like, just nothing but concept art. Um, so they opened it up with a trailer of Loop 8 Summer of Gods, which is an RPG that's set in 80s Japan, uh, which will be coming out soon. And I think it looks cool. I, I, it just, it, it does, this looks up my alley. Um, but that's not new. That's, I think that was like a tease because that's coming out soon. Um, they followed it up with Fashion Dreamer, which is a fashion life sim kind of game, which if someone came up to me and was like, should we cover this? I'd be like, no. But if someone came up to me and was like, can I cover this? I'd be like, hells yeah. Um, yeah. If, so if someone wants to cover this game, please, you can. But I, I don't know if it's in our coverage. <laughs> it, it looks cool. I, I, I'm not into a fashion sim really in that I'm into fashion in games. But when it's a game that I'm doing other things in, like in Final Fantasy 14, 
I can spend all the time on glams there, but I don't necessarily have an interest in a game solely focused on that part of it. The only time I'm into fashion in video games is when I am dressing my hostesses in Yakuza. <laughs> I like it when it's part of, like when it has like a, a gameplay mechanic. So like uh, Final Fantasy X-2 where like the fashion mm-hmm. and changing the dress spheres or yeah. um, Final Fantasy thirteen three Lightning Returns. I hate that title. Uh, where like changing your outfit like changes like the paradigm or like the whole class. And then it's, mm. you kind of get that with, you know, like 14 with like, you know, I'm a bard now, so I'm going to dress like a bard unless you just glamour prism everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it looks interesting, but uh, there's a, a fashion RPG called like Infinity Nikki, which seems more interesting to me. So I don't know, maybe I'll make an argument or just if I'm bored, maybe I'll try and review it and make a make a <laughs> very heated argument about it. <laughs> like, this is why you must play fashion. What is it called? Fashion Dreamer. <laughs> fashion Dreamer. There we go. <laughs> this is off to a great start. <laughs> It just looks like um, Marvelous's answer to style savvy to me, which I don't yeah. know anything about either. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's not something that I'm particularly excited about. Um, then they did two announcements of games that don't exist yet but are in development: uh, Project Magia, and which I thought was like, yeah, whatever. But then they showed Project Life is RPG. Oh man, I'm and into this one. Yeah, I was like, this concept art looks cool, and their pitch for it, like you know, inspired by classic RPGs and like their take on it and, and exploring the world and setting off in your own ship. It's like, okay, yeah, you, you were winning me over with this pitch. Yeah, I, it's, we know nothing about this game. It nothing. might never even actually come out, but the concept art is gorgeous. Reminds me of some of my favorite games like Chrono Cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, the like promise there will keep me interested. Um, I mean, the... Director, I think Itetsu Suzuki was the director of God Eater 3, which I never actually played, got around to playing, but at least he's completed games. So I have a hope that this will be a game that gets completed. Also, coincidentally, looking him up, uh, the first thing that comes up is a Japanese porn star, not him. So you probably want to put director or something after <laughs> his name. Uh, you know what? That's probably not a bad idea. <laughs> or put game in there or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the the concept art of this like immediately gave me Chrono Cross vibes, like almost as like when you're in the port cities or like in the I think it was Termina. Uh, it seems like the kind of game where oh, you're gonna take the story of these other people on the boat. So that's just kind of the vibe that I get. Mm. And uh, God Eater Three was actually really great, especially if you're like a Monster Hunter knockoff. Um, great story, uh, really weird, but um, is just really exciting. So it's it's kind of interesting to see how he takes this like colorful world and brings it to life based on how like grim dark uh god eater 3 was i mean my expect expectations from rpg is life plus coming from marvelous plus like the art is that there is going to be a lot of sim elements to this and i'm interested to see if it's like sort of like you know like fantasy life or something where you can choose to do a bunch of different like simmy stuff like you can go fishing you can cook you can farm but you can also go do a story where you're fighting monsters and saving the world i could see that being what we're looking for here but who knows i mean they might not even know what the final result is yeah i mean like, i'm sure they have ideas but how many things will get cut from the final product by the time it's done right so and yeah based on everything else on this list there's probably farming involved so i think you might be onto <laughs> something well speaking of farming uh continuing 
I don't want to get into the Harvest Moon story of seasons controversy. The point is, it was it was Harvest Moon. Then the guy, there was a big split. There was a schism. Uh, now there, the official Harvest Moon is now Story of Seasons, uh, and they announced technically two games. It was a little bit fuzzy. One is just it's Story of Seasons. It's like you've it, it, it they they've taken a step up visually, but it still looks exactly like you'd expect a Story of Seasons game to look. It's a it's a farm sim. Um, and apparently they're working on a multiplayer version. I think that's what I took from it. Yeah, it was. Basically. I yeah. wasn't sure if they were work if they were saying they were working on a separate game or if it was like part of this game. Like a wasn't mode, yeah. Completely clear. But yeah, I mean, are, are there any Story of Seasons fans here? I mean, I like I like the games. I've played some of them. I Harvest Moon, a wonder. It's a Wonderful Life or a Wonderful Life or whatever it's called. Yeah, good game, and I played it a lot when I was a teen. But um, I and I might check out. Like I, whether or not I check out a story of seasons game is basically dependent on if it comes out when I have a lot of free time and, or else go, I see it on sale when I have a lot of free time. Ah, okay. I own many of them, but I have not played one. But the main reason I bought the last few was because they added same sex marriage. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's what got me to buy it. Supporting it. Yeah. Right, like that's something I'm really liking from Marvelous because Rune Factory also added it, and yes, exactly. Yeah. Which uh, also got some big announcements. Uh, so there are two Rune Factory games coming out. Uh, in the presentation, they talk about uh, one is East and one is West. So the East one is Rune Factory Project Dragon is their code name, I guess, and it's set in a uh, fictional Eastern country. And there are dragon. Honestly, at the beginning, I was just like, "Ooh, it's Falcor." Um, <laughs> It was just a big white luck dragon flying through the sky. Uh, and I mean, it looks it looks cool. You know, it looks epic. Um, Rune Factory is essentially Harvest Moon plus fantasy RPG. Um, and then they also announced Rune Factory 6, which is going to be a much more Western-focused title. Um, and yeah, they're Rune Factory games. So Marvelous, like, again, I'm going to be completely honest. I just, I, these are not games that I have particularly been into or wanted to play. That's not saying that they're not worthy of it. And I know we have some big fans on the site of uh, Story of Seasons and Rune Factory. Yeah, so they look kind of, they look cool. They look good. I learned from Harvestella that a farming game that focuses more on the RPG elements is more what I want than what Rune Factory is, which is kind of the opposite. Hmm. So I'll be curious to see if going forward if rune factory can hold my attention after i played harvestella and it became one of my favorite games with farming of all time <laughs> yeah i still um I, I know i got in trouble with a lot of people on staff for saying this especially nikki i think i asked nikki uh in a world where stardew valley exists why does this matter and uh yeah it turns out it matters a lot for people who like farm sims anyway let's let's pivot now so those are the two all the RPG coverage. Uh, we're almost out of time in this episode, but there are a few games that were announced in the PlayStation Showcase that we are not covering that I want to talk about. So uh, first up, we saw the phrase Square Enix, and I was like, okay, this is us. And then it was Foam Stars. <laughs> so so those faces, those faces in Foam Stars immediately made me think this was going to be an NFT game. And I'm still yeah. not sure if it's not. It might have been in the past. And then it was like, <laughs> oh, we got to pivot fast. <laughs> I mean, this looks like Square. This looks like their answer to uh, to uh, Splatoon, right? And I mean, by their answer, I mean it looks like Splatoon, just with foam instead of paint. But it was this. This, this got us. I remember. I, I think I wrote it in the channel. I was like, "Do you remember when the word Square Enix came up, and we could automatically assume that we're covering this game? Those days are long gone." But I, I don't give a crap about this. It's just so silly. Oh my god, it's so silly. 
Oh, so I, silly. I maybe it'll be fun or something, but just watching the gameplay, the foam, like the fact that it's foam and yet it feels really stiff, feels super awkward to me. Like it's like the foam doesn't behave like foam, and that's your whole thing is foam. I don't mm-hmm. know. Is a foam party. Um, one game that I got extremely excited about because it looks like a sequel to one of my favorite uh, puzzle games of all time is Talus Principle Two. Um, I love the Talus Principle. I thought it was so good, and I love the story. I love the the line of thought, the vaguely religious kind of stylings behind it. I just it, this th- that game really hit me where I lived, and it was a good puzzle game on top of that. So the fact that they are releasing a sequel. I'm excited. I'm super excited and it hit me. It, I, I got blindsided by it. I didn't expect this one. I should probably play the first one. But. Yeah, I, I think I own it, but I've like never played it, but I've seen people play it, but it also looks a little too big brain for me um, based on how some of those puzzles are. But I saw a kitten, so that was exciting. Yeah, there are cats are uh, cats are a thing here, but it's it's a very cool concept. I really like it. Um, no spoilers. It's but it's a really cool concept. Um I'm just going to go through like the games that really caught my attention. And then we'll talk about ever, if any games caught your attention. Um, uh, even though I'm not going to play it, the fact that Resident Evil 4 has a VR mode, that's the biggest no-brainer ever. It's like, good. It should. Yeah, that'll sell like that'll sell like hotcakes. That's a, that's a smart move, Capcom. Didn't they already remake the game in VR? They did. And then they were like, let's put the remake in VR too. And they did. <laughs> that's a lot. It's a lot, I know. It's weird, but it's it's like, okay, why not, I guess. Resident Evil 4 has to be in the running for some of the most releases of a single game. I Yes, Capcom, Resident Evil 4 and Street Fighter 2. I, I suspect Capcom has some records on both of them. <laughs> I, and there, were, there was a lot of VR, I'm just going to say VR crap in this presentation. Um, I wish VR was cool, good, anything. Doesn't make you sick. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I was going to say. Doesn't make you sick. Amanda gets super motion sick with first person games, and she's yeah. like, "If I put on a VR headset, I'm just going to pass out." So we we aren't buying one. Um, the only thing that would ever make me consider buying a VR headset is if Portal Three was a VR only title. Which, to be if, in my opinion, if that's the best reason for Valve to make Portal Three. Yeah, for for me, the thing that would get me to buy VR would be if I could play like a Gundam game or some kind of mech game. Ooh, that's like, a good idea kind of like you remember um steel battalion how it had that like crazy controller yes um if i could do that in vr like i would be very happy i I would i would like get a barf bag and just have it by my side just in case (laughs) but like everything else is just it it always seems like tech demos like Mm -hmm. even the resident evil stuff was like really shaky and like as exciting as it would be it's just it doesn't speak to me so I'm, i'm glad that psvr2 people get something but every time the psvr2 comes up i pretty much take like a power nap <laughs> same one thing about it is that we basically have to buy a whole nother console basically mm-hmm. so that's not very accessible well speaking of whole other consoles surprisingly placed uh, sony announced a technically a brand new console i believe it's called the uh, sony wii u um, <laughs> apologize to the wii u it's it's a goddamn wii u like i'm not it's a wii u it's it's literally what it is it's a streaming it's a it's a playstation 5 controller strapped to a big screen like they're desperately trying to get some of that switch and uh steam deck money obviously but it's not a portable console in the sense that it has a console inside it it's it's a streaming device Um, it's like someone took an ultra hand and just put 
two controllers on either side of a tablet and just stuck exactly. it and called it good. <laughs> no, it's it's the, the concept of this is literally, have you ever wanted to play PlayStation 5 on your toilet? Well, now you can. I already um, can do that with the Steam Deck, though. Technically, you could do it on your phone, too. True. <laughs> yeah, so it's just a really weird... And I mean, if this thing gets released for like, I don't know, a hundred bucks or like 150 bucks, I'll be like, okay, I can see the utility of this, but it's not going to be. This thing's going to cost like 300 or $400. Oh, that's lower than I was expecting. I was like, knowing how Sony stuff goes, I could see this being like $799 with (laughs) 3G. Apparently it's a really nice screen, like a really, really nice screen. And those aren't super cheap. So like, I think a hundred dollars is like the bare minimum. If they want to make a profit off this thing, it's going to have to be expensive and then if they're not going to make a profit because no one's going to buy it well i do think weird announcement <laughs> i'm glad that this exists because i think it's going to save one of my coworkers' marriages but we'll see well that's then it will all be worth it yes so i've i've got a horse in the race uh <laughs> please be good please be cheap because that guy deserves to be happy we also have uh something that i have no interest in because i've never really played I, I played the first two i like them but uh metal gear solid delta snake eater which is a remake of metal gear solid 3 i believe and i think that there are some people who are pretty excited about this one right i mean metal gear (laughs) until like a year ago metal gear solid 3 is actually the only metal gear i had played but i played it a lot i (laughs) love that game somehow didn't become a metal gear fan despite loving the hell out of that game um and so I'm obviously excited for a remake of it, but I'm also very excited for the fact that they announced a collection of the first three games as a remaster oh, yeah. thing, because now I can, I've played the first one like a year ago, and now I could go and play the second one as well. Um, keep And it says volume one, so maybe I'll get to play the fourth one somehow if they manage to make the fourth one work on modern consoles. Yeah, if they so, can just like dig it out of the graveyard called the PS3. Yeah. And just... <laughs> Like I'm, I want, so much is buried on that damn console, right? And so I want Volume Two to have like Peace Walker, uh, Four, and uh, maybe one of the like portable games. Um, but I'm really hopeful that this also opens the door to Metal Gear Rising being in one of these collections. Because oh, that yes. good. Like I adore Rising. It is the stupidest game I've ever played, and I love it so much. Yes, it's great. I guess I am curious how what this remake's actually going to do with Snake Eater because it's kind of already perfect for what it is. Mm-hmm. I hope they don't do like major gameplay changes and only like some quality of life stuff. But then it, I feel like it could end up being like a a, a blue point style remake where it's basically the same game with just some touch ups and it's way better looking. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I want. But I guess we'll see. You are welcome that I willed this into existence because of my little Korok uh, the Sorrow uh, joke I made on the last episode. So you're welcome. <laughs> um, and it's it seems really exciting, but it's also kind of funny just how cagey they're being about who the developer is. Mm-hmm. Like we think it's virtuous. We think Bluepoint might help, but I think they learned their lesson from uh, Silent Hill 2. Because uh, once the Bloober Team uh, logo popped up, like I went haywire. Mm. Yep, I I was like, oh, I'm not buying this. Two games I just want to bring up real quick. Uh, Alan Wake 2. Uh, last year, I don't even know what brought it about, but I got really into Remedy Games, um, Remedy Entertainment. I played the first Alan Wake. I loved it. It's the closest thing I've played to 
I mean, it was, it was very much a David Lynch Twin Peaks knockoff kind of game, but I really, really liked it, really get into it. And then I got into its sequel, semi-sequel, and then I played Quantum Break, which got some mixed reviews. I really liked it. Then I played Control and I friggin' loved Control. So I am, I am very much in on these games and their particular brand of uh, gameplay and cinema and music combination. Uh, that they have been pushing forward. One of my favorite bands I've discovered through um, through uh, these guys. Uh, one of my favorite bands is, um, uh, oh my goodness, why am I blanking? Poets of the Fall. Uh, and they do a lot of music for Remedy. So I'm so excited about Alan Wake 2. I expect it to be a lot of things that I love. So And it looks really, really great. Remedy is a tough one for me because I, I love their stories i love their like aesthetic i love what they do with the world and all that stuff they have cool ideas but i've never enjoyed the gameplay in a remedy game interesting not, not I even don't know why max either, really. no wow i think that it's it, for me that a lot of it is the experience and the aesthetic and the feel of it i agree mm-hmm. with you that gameplay wise they're not the greatest games in the universe but i love their the way they do their story and i mean as, as someone who is a former actor and who did a lot of summer stock i love their uh almost summer stock actor uh use where it's like they hire the same actors over and over again to play different roles uh i like that a lot that that kind of feel that's it's just something that appeals to me uh one thing i really liked about the initial announcement of this one was how they're leaning more into the horror elements mm-hmm. of it because uh, that's one thing that i really loved about the first alan wake but like Izzy had an issue with the gameplay is that it kind of sucked after a while where all you do is just point your flashlight at a monster or, you know, a, a shadow thing for mm-hmm. like five seconds and then shoot it. You know what dramatically improves the gameplay actually? Uh, cheats that give you unlimited batteries in your stupid flashlight. Oh, I was going to say just watching someone else play it, but <laughs> that works too. No, I eventually I was like, okay, I'm loving this. I love the aesthetic. I love the game, the, the feel, everything about this. I hate the stupid flashlight. It was not even, it wasn't even challenging. It was just irritating. So I was like, I'm just going to download a trainer that lets me have infinite flashlight. And I did. And instantly the game, it was, the game didn't even become easy. It just suddenly the, this annoying mechanic that didn't really work just vanished. Uh, and I, I, I had such a good time with it. That sounds like a, a good mod or trainer to have along with the, um, <laughs> the brand, uh, what was it? Product placement. Hmm. It would be great to put that back in and just have like the obnoxious Duracell batteries everywhere and like the Coleman <laughs> thermos. I think it was Coleman. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like I'm I'm excited about this and I should probably give the uh, original another run and I should get back to control because it, it was exciting and it was way up my alley, but I think it just came out at like a bad time. Like other exciting games came out. Games are easy to fall off of. They just are, even if they're good. And last but not least, the big reveal in this was Spider-Man 2. Um, I don't want to say too much about this, but I, it, Spider-Man... Insomniac seems to be scratching the itch that uh, Arkham has left in my life, that uh, the WB and uh, Rocksteady do not seem to want to give me. Um, I, I think it looks really, really cool. I'm a massive Marvel fan and Spider-Man fan. I really like the way they're handling the suit, uh, the black suit. The symbiont it looks really cool i like how they're i like the look of it um i like their take on the suit so yeah kind of excited about this one i am extremely marveled out to where i'm almost to the point where i'm anti-marvel so like mm-hmm. when i see the logo pop up on anything i'm like immediately checked out 
But with mm. this, the gameplay that they showed and like the swapping back and forth between Miles and uh, Peter was really cool, and the set pieces um, were pretty exciting. And just how fast they jumped in from like getting out of a cutscene into the world and then zipping across the entire city mm-hmm. within like seconds was it like it was crazy and extremely impressive. So like for this being a Marvel game that I don't care about like exciting me and wanting me to play it is um i would say you know speaks volumes to the quality of what they showed so i'm considering playing uh one and miles morales now just to (laughs) just to catch up yeah i miles morales is great it's a very good game i just recently started the um the original spider-man game i'm actually having quite a good time with it Um, that's good isn't it yeah like i actually really suck at action games but I just love web slinging around the city. It's a really good feeling, and it is. It's so fun to just like do those tricks and just fly everywhere. I am. I mean, I think the game game difficulty is an interesting topic that we'll not talk about now. But I think that if you are not good at action games, that is no reason why you can't play action games. Like, just kind of if you're on PC, especially. Just do what I did for Alan Wake. Download a trainer. Make sure it's a safe trainer or like cheats or something and just tweak the game so it suits your play style if there are no uh, built-in uh, difficulty options. And I think there are in Spider-Man. Yeah, you, there's an easy mode, but I'm still playing on normal because I'm a stubborn V-word. Yeah, I understand. Believe me, I, I as stupid as it sounds, I in my brain, I'm just like, if I play on easy... It's, I'm not getting the experience that the game was intended to give me, even though that's not true. Have you, just, true, yeah. have you played the Uncharted games? No, I haven't. If you do play them on easy, trust me, it's those are the games that will break that like stubborn nature of like, oh, I need to play this on hard or normal. No, I'm never. I'm never someone who wants to play a game on hard. Like for me, like for horror games, I will, but like I don't want to play a, like a cover shooter on hard because I'm going to be sitting behind a box waiting for my turn to shoot um and so like the uncharted stuff when you play them on easy with like all of the assists and stuff they essentially just become like a playable movie and it's so much better at like mm-hmm. getting that experience and feeling across so like for anyone who <laughs> who like has qualms about playing on easy like mm-hmm. sometimes it just makes the experience so much better um okay uh, does anyone have another game in the showcase in either of the showcases that they want to talk about I think the only one that we skipped that I was interested in was Damon X Machina, but oh, I yes. liked the first one, but I really, really, really hope that this one, the NPCs shut up because like, <laughs> it was horrible trying to play the first game and just having characters like having back and forth conversations with each other while you're in the middle of battle. Mm-hmm. And just imagine like two people having an anime conversation while you're focusing on trying not to get blown up by like 85 tanks. Hmm. And it was just really hammy and over the top, but it was like there was no direction or like someone saying, maybe we should save these for a cutscene or maybe these should be your little codec calls or something like that. It was just constant talking. So I'm hoping that they learned from some of that, but I'm really excited because it's Mecha and I will probably try to find a way to weasel it in as an RPG somehow. So look forward to that. I will do my best to resist. Well, uh, like I said, this was the first salvo in not e3 if you join us in two weeks from now which will be on the 12th uh we will 
be covering pretty much all of Naughty 3 and all the big conferences. That's going to be a big episode. That's going to be a very big episode. We'll probably have lots of people on and it'll be like two hours. So prepare yourselves for that. We're going to cover everything that we possibly can uh, that was announced that is in our coverage and probably a few things that weren't just like this one. Um, If you'd like a way to support us here at RPG Fan, we've opened up a store. You can find it at www.rpgfan.com slash shop. Uh, Our 25th anniversary merchandise is all posted now, so be sure to give that a look because it's pretty cool. If you'd like to support us here at Random Encounter, you can do so by listening to some of our old episodes. We have lots. Uh, And, uh, you know, just if you really want a refresher on what Naughty 3 is like, uh, check out last year's Naughty 3 episode and you can have fun figuring out which games have actually released in the last year surprisingly not as many as you'd think uh we also have two other podcasts here at rpg fan we have retro encounter the last two episodes were focused on lost odyssey so if you were a fan of that game please check out those episodes we also have rhythm encounter which is rpg fans music podcast and last week was focusing on character themes and i edited this one and i had a really good time uh, editing it because i love character themes and this there were some really there was some great music in this some really great music in this episode. So yeah, check that out. Uh, if you'd like to get in contact with us here at Random Encounter, you can fire us off a message at podcast at rpgfan.com. Uh, I would love to hear from you if you have any ideas for discussion questions, if you have any ideas for things, themes, episode ideas, just fire them off, please. I'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, if you'd like to send me an email, you can do so at jlogan at rpgfan.com or you can find me on Mastodon at Logan at mastodon.social. I'm not the only person on this podcast with an online presence. Alvin, where can we find you online? Um, I am on Twitter, unfortunately. My handle is Rarutos, R-A-R-U-T-O-S. Cool. And uh, Izzy, where can we find you online? As usual, you can't. um, But you can direct all commentary to Jono or Des, you know, just pass it along or just blast it off to RPG Fan wherever you want. Yep. And Des, where can can people fire their... uh their uh fan mail for izzy uh this time you can send all of your fan mail directly to me in the discord in the rpg fan discord uh you can just see my name under staff and feel free to say hi um be nice uh i'm not on twitter thankfully so uh that'll be it cool uh if you enjoyed this podcast please share it with your friends to help us get the word out there you can rate us on itunes or your other podcast players of choice i'd like to thank everyone uh here for joining me and taking uh, a busy evening uh, there's a Friday night cause we're doing this kind of last minute just because of the news and stuff like that. So I really appreciate you giving me your time. That's thank you so much. Happy to be here. Yes. Alvin, great job on your first episode. Oh, thank you. Um, I was a little nervous. Ah, don't worry about it. It's fun. Um, and Izzy and as always a pleasure. Oh, I live for these emergency episodes. Hopefully we get one for a 16. Yeah. We, uh, we want to join that. <laughs> <laughs> That'll probably be the plan. Yes. Um, we'll see about that. I mean, if I'm, I might even just, I might even just give it to, like, like I said, I don't have a horse in this race, so I might just give the emergency episode to Zach um, and just let it just say here, just get it on people who want to freak out about 16. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm down. I should probably clear that with him or before I, you know, volunteer his time. Cause he's also very busy with retro encounter um, right now until, uh, until Solosi gets back. Anyway, Again, thank you for joining us. Everyone out there, thank you for joining us. And whatever you're playing, have fun.